And you pray well. Thank you. I feel like a nincompoop because... You feel like a nincompoop? That's yeah, a fun word. It is fun. It's a fun word. It's the different. It does. And it's got poop in it, which makes you think it's a little bit dirty, but like a little bit dirty from like a, like a middle schooler's perspective. I was even going to go toddler. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I feel lost whenever, I feel like when I, whenever I'm with another person praying out mm-hmm. loud, mm-hmm. I can't get out of my head that things are being judged. What I say is being judged. What mm-hmm. I say is being evaluated. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to just connect. Mm-hmm. You're saying, mm-hmm, but you don't do that. No, I totally do it. I do. You're convincing me otherwise. Well, here's the thing. I grew up with a youth minister the first few years of, like I was in middle school youth group and high school youth group. I grew up with a youth minister named Tony Stotts. She's great. We're still friends on Facebook. She lives, I think they live in Washington or Oregon, something like that. Um, Or they moved there. They might have been back. I don't know. But we've kind of kept in touch a little bit on Facebook. And she's this really, really, um, just this really faithful person, right? And I remember being at like retreats or like um, when I was on like the peer leadership team kind of thing, like we'd be kind of like in a circle and she would pray. And she'd start praying and she'd kind of get on this roll and it would just go on and on and on. And as a kid, like you're you're kind of like, everybody's got their eyes closed and their head down. And then you're kind of like opening, opening like one One eye, eye. kind of looking around (laughs) and you realize that all your, your peers are kind of doing the same thing. Right. And it, you know, and it would just be like, oh, this is taking forever, you know? And I, I like, I remember kind of the moment at a retreat when I, 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 I kind of looked um, across the, the, the circle of people praying and, and Tony was praying and, um, I realized Tony did not care at all. She was praying and she was going to pray the words that God intended for her to pray, like the emotions mm-hmm. that God intended for her to pray with. She would, it'd be like a fun, happy retreat. And we're just praying before a meal or something. And she'd kind of like get off into this this sort of exercise and prayer, like whatever we were doing and she'd start crying. Right. And she'd kind of have this moment of encounter with God. And then it like, you know, at the time it never occurred to me like, wow, like Tony is so, you know, I, I, I would, I would see her do different things or hear her talk or whatever. And I would think, wow, Tony is so like on fire for God. It never occurred to me that those things go hand in hand, like her mm. ability to just go like, I, I'm going to tune out the world for this amount mm. of time. And, you know, um, but I think like, like, I don't like, I don't want to say that I've like modeled my prayer after hers, but I think what I kind of learned from her was in the course of that prayer, you've got to decide who are you talking to? Mm. Right. Yeah. And, and that's hard. And it's not, it's not that it's hard to quiet. The it outside. is, it is hard to quiet the outside. And it's not that it's supposed to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's that it's supposed to be worth it. Mm. Like it's worth it to kind of struggle to quiet the outside, mm. right? It's worth it to kind of take that leap into vulnerability. It's it's a vulnerable thing mm-hmm. to to pray with other people. Yeah. It's a vulnerable thing to, to just talk about your faith with other people, let alone pray. But I think that the the over, for me the overwhelming answer has been as you know there might be 
50 kids in a room, right? And we're singing praise and worship. And I can open my eyes and I can see, you know, there's the five kids that I know are always going to be engaged because they love it. There's the five kids that are going to be engaged because they think they have to be. Mm-hmm. There's the five kids that are going to be totally disengaged because they just don't want to be there and they just haven't gotten mm-hmm. there yet. And everybody else is kind of in the middle, right? And, you know, the the thing that kind of keeps me coming back to that well is that there is always one teen in the in the group or in the congregation, whatever you want to call it, that is getting it for the first time. Mm. And when that, when that teen is getting it for the first time, it's like, you know, that's such a humbling thing. Um, for me and I've talked with other, with other praise and worship leaders about this, like, like other prayer leaders about this, that when you can kind of look out and say like, you know, wow, that person had this experience, you know, my, my stuff like kind of gets put on the shelf mm-hmm. at that moment. It's like, I really can't complain. I really can't get lost too much in, am I doing and saying the right thing? Because it's not, they're not my actions or my words. If I'm really kind of giving myself over in mm-hmm. prayer, like, you know, scripture calls it the, the, I'm, I'm paraphrasing this and I'm kind of butchering it, but like these inarticulate groanings mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit, like that the Holy Spirit kind of kind of groans, pines for us, right? Mm-hmm. And we respond to that. And that's what prayer is, mm. you know? So the, the Holy Spirit could just be oh. like literally random sounds kind of, yeah. kind of moving in the atmosphere. And, and that's enough, you know, mm-hmm. that's enough to like, not only get God's attention, but to have him really move us in these radical ways. And to be that instrument is, it's almost like not a choice. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like I, like I, I once I kind of get to that place in prayer of, of sort of keeping his gaze, I can, I can kind of move through that and, and say, or allow God to move me through it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Sorry. I felt like I, that was a long wordy no. answer. No, 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 no. So my whole point in saying that is I, is I, I think you, I think for anyone who's going to lead prayer at any time. I think you just have to say, like, I'm not talking to anybody else. I'm just talking to God. And that conversation is audible to other people, but it's up to other people to engage. Mm. You know, and maybe if my engagement is, it's kind of like the don't let them see you sweat kind mm. of thing, okay. right? If, I, if I'm confident about it, then it'll be, it'll be what God wants it to be. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Thank you for the cookies. You're welcome. We should podcast soon. <laughs> We've been skirting later and later. Mm-hmm. We have been. <laughs> Boy, these bags, though. We should get cookie wrappers that are they louder. They should. Really. <laughs> it's really loud, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's not say that on the microphone. Say <laughs> okay. Martin DePore has pray for us. Mm-hmm. And bring your broom, please. Yeah. Talk to those little guys and bring them things. Mm-hmm. That... Okay, I'm going to edit all this out so there's no, there's <laughs> no bad sound or cookie some, sound. I was listening to 
Mm, I was listening to the Joy episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I think I wrote somewhere like, when you're feeling down, listen to this one, this mm-hmm. one. And I just lost it. Oh, you had a lot of, we had a lot of extra stuff and you were like, I'm so going to edit this out. No, I never did. Like there is nothing edited out. There's a few, there's a few uh, episodes where I'm like, oh, I have to edit this out. And then I'll, it's so, ch- it's like charming. Like not to <laughs> toot like our horn or anything, but it is, it's like, it's like charming that, that certain things kind of. I don't know. I was just talking to Christine about like the fact that our podcast is re- is relatable, like the fact that it, uh, it is two very normal people okay with their normalness. I mean, you know? and that could also be left up to discussion whether yeah, we're normal. <laughs> but I mean, I I like us, so whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, if other people have a problem, they can. I like us too. I did something the other day where I was like. Is it like you reach a certain uh, you reach a certain age where you're just like I feel a little bit like my grandmother where I'm just like I don't care I'm mm-hmm. saying whatever I want to mm-hmm. say and not in a mean way but just like in at a restaurant at the grocery hey how you doing with a whole lot of enthusiasm it takes people off guard a little bit it does. but I enjoy it. My grandpa John used to ask, like we, like I remember a, I have a specific memory of going to Luby's with him. Luby's. Which he was, he was a little bit too cool for Luby's, honestly. <laughs> um, like he, he really was, he was from New York and he had a New York accent and, and like this tall, handsome guy, right? And I remember going to Luby's because for a long, for a while, like that was kind of the only restaurant in my hometown. Yeah. Right? Kind yeah. of thing. So we went to Luby's and I remember every, you know how when you go in, and you're getting your food in a little line, mm-hmm. right? Um, if there's anyone listening, not familiar with not familiar with Luby's, it's like a, a cafeteria style restaurant. So yeah. you go through a little line and you kind of pick out what you want. And there's Jello at the end. Yeah, right? that at kind of my thing. in my hometown growing up, it was uh, A and G Cafeteria. A and G Cafeteria. Or are you familiar with that? I am. Yeah. Okay. Or or Wyatt's. Wyatt's. Did you ever I don't know if Wyatt's? I've heard of that one. Yeah. But but that so my so my my grandfather would. Uh, I remember him going through the line. And asking every person on the line their name. Oh yeah, yeah. Because there's then, so many people. There's so many people. And then by oh, the time, snap. but by the time we got to the end of the line, he had had conversations and made friends, and they were like, <laughs> they knew his name, and it was like amazing. He right? made sure he got like extra Jello or yeah, something yeah. on the house by yeah. the end of it because he's such a likable guy. He was also the guy that would like make up a little song about your name. Oh, it was really oh, cool. That's so fun. It was really cool. It's really cool. It was awesome. That's really good. Yeah, it was great. Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, so we're going to commit to uh, not making any more noise with our plastic bags. Hopefully, are we committing to that? I don't know that I can commit to that. I feel like I feel like we should okay. we should try. Okay. Okay. We should try. All right. Um, and then uh, just because the noise is Do you have super a tongs loud or tweezers that I can. Just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. We do. We got a whole I bunch should... of tongs. Oh, that's over, right. Over the cafeteria. That. Yeah. yeah. Or um, kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to try not to be noisy. If we are noisy, it'll just be charming. We decided. <laughs> You're welcome. Whoever's listening to this. What can I say? Um, 
We should podcast now. Let's that do good? it. Let's do it. Hi, Nikki. Hello, James. How are you? I'm good. Are you caffeinated? Fully. Fully. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Um, My tank is full. I got a text from you uh, <laughs> with a lot of capital letters and exclamation <laughs> did, points. Did about, I overcapitalize? No, you didn't overcapitalize. It, it was it was the it appropriate, was appropriate because you, you were on your second Yeah. Strong coffee. So I had my 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 cup at home, mm-hmm. which is delicious, and very well caffeinated, because mm-hmm. I cold brew at home. And then I had to bring a, a kid to the doctor, and we passed through Main Street Buda, and I'm like, oh look, Summer Moon's right there. I mm-hmm. haven't been there in a while mm-hmm. because, like, since we virtual school, I don't leave home as often as I used to in the past. Mm-hmm. So when I do, I kind of feel like Summer Moon misses me as much as I miss it. Mm-hmm. And Summer Moon, you're welcome for the plug. You know what? Yeah. They'd be a great sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, they should they would sponsor be. us. Yeah. I, I feel like could, we're sponsoring them right now. I could talk ad nauseum about the Summer Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all good. Um, so, yes, I did partake of a second cup of coffee today. Good. Good. That's good. It was good. That's exciting. Um, I think uh, so. I've been kind of like leveling off on the caffeine. I haven't really felt like felt a need. Right? Ooh, and what is that like? I don't know. I don't. So sometimes this is going to sound weird, but sometimes when the seasons change, like mm. I'll kind of go through a few weeks where like coffee doesn't really appeal to me, like a hot, Interesting. hot coffee or even sometimes cold coffee. And I've kind of got to get back into it. You should talk um, to the doctor about that. Yeah. It sounds should talk a to the doctor off. about a lot of things. Right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, so lately I haven't been, um, I haven't been as caffeinated, um, I feel so, concerned about that. So this morning, uh, I didn't have any coffee. That's weird. And I just, I just had an energy drink. So we'll see mm, how I feel when that, that kicks in. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair amount of caffeine. Does it kick in? Like it? it I mean, the caffeine kicks in. Mm, I, I, okay. I feel like the caffeine kicks so in. So you don't for me. wake up and first thing is coffee. No, I wake up and the first thing is water. Okay. Um, and I'd like to say that that comes from this like really healthy, mm-hmm. like I, it doesn't, it comes from cotton it's, mouth. it's usually that I, <laughs> it's usually that I've like, I eat something salty or sweet before I went to bed yeah. and now I'm just thirsty. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. 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 I know yeah, that exactly. feeling too. I do do a little water with mm-hmm. my supplements, but I think I told you this before, like I don't commit to more than like a half a cup. Yeah. Take the supplements and then I've even been known to. After I swallow the pills, uh, dump the rest of the water out. Because even sometimes a half a cup mm-hmm. feels a little cumbersome. Cumbersome. I like that word. Because I know that the coffee's right there. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, did you learn that word cumbersome when that song came out in the 90s? Cumbersome? No, James. By no, Seven Mary Maybe. Three? Maybe. That's not. the only reason I know that word is because of that song. And I'm like... Uh, I, I should look up what that means. I remember looking it up in the dictionary because the internet wasn't a thing yet. Oh gosh! Like wow. Mid nineties by a I band called Seven Mary Three. I, I vaguely remember what you're talking about. But it's a good song. Okay. I'm not going to sing it in case. Shall we? In case they're the band that's actually <laughs> listening to us whenever we sing songs. Oh, that's funny. Um, so what are we talking about today? Don't ask me such loaded questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sign I, to our listeners. <laughs> We're going to talk about all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I think we should piggyback off of last week's kind of um, the word. And I just feel like even though we, we did a full hour and a bit on that, mm-hmm. that there's still more to be talked about. Yes, I agree. I, I feel like we um, 
we stepped into something I think that is uh, is is at least as theological as anything else we've talked about, right? And the kind of the goal of this podcast is not to get super theological. Yeah, um, peel back the layers, yeah, kind of slowly, kind of slowly. Yeah. Um, but is also not only theological; is also very um, philosophical, mm-hmm. right? And kind of open to your own interpretation a little bit, and kind of your Practical own your own well. your own experience. Yeah, and um, I, I agree. I think when we uh, when we were together last time um, recording that episode, it felt like you know, God, what are we, like, what are we talking about? Like, like, what is the, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of felt like it went everywhere. And then I listened back and I was like, this actually really kind of makes sense. Like we were kind of moving very logically without realizing it. Um, and so I, yeah, I think it's a great idea to kind of maybe look at a little more of that, look at the role that, um, truth plays in our lives, Mm -hmm. the role that, that, uh, you know, continue to look at the role that, you know, the word of God plays in our lives and, and really kind of the, um, kind of the practical aspects of that, the, the very, mm-hmm. I think the very, um, relatable pieces of, you know, a holistically Christian life. Like what, yeah. what does that look like for, for everyday people? Right. Um, right. I think that's really cool. So I know you have been, um, uh, doing, uh, kind of a devotion, a study, uh, uh-huh. with some different saints. <gasps> I have a have. I would I would love to hear about your your late the, the latest friend that you've made. The latest friend. Okay, so this week I'm reading um I'm doing the book study with um that Brick House in the City has put out for Lent. It's mm. called Unlikely No Unlikely Saints. Very cool. And each week we're looking at a different saint and kind of um learning a little bit about them and then praying with some um thoughts on their life and and decisions that they've made and kind of looking at those and using those as reflection questions. And it also goes along with the readings of the day, which is kind of nice. And this week we're looking, we're walking with St. Martin de Porres, which has been really lovely. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's all. Oh, sorry. The caffeine kicked in and it might've gone into overdrive. No, that's okay. No, it's just been really good. One of the things I think it was yesterday, um, the story that was shared about St. Martin de Porres had to do with, um, you know, he was just so generous with his time and his skills and his mercy Mm -hmm. to, um, all of God's creatures, but specifically like people who were in failing health and, um, where he lived, they were getting frustrated with him bringing people in. So he went as far as to not just help people, but to, um, house them while he cared for them. Sure. And it became a problem because, you know, I guess he lived in a rectory of sorts uh, with other priests and, um, and they, uh, he was told not to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like you can help people, but don't, we're not bringing people into the, into the house and helping them. Sure. And, uh, there was this, a time where he encountered someone who was in dire need of help and he started taking people to his sister's house, which was close by and house them there, care for them there in mm-hmm. order to help people. But this person was in such dire straits that they needed, um, help, urgent help. Like mm-hmm. they wouldn't last, they would die before, um, they got there. So he, he, he took them in, like he disobeyed orders to do that. And, um, his superior was just like, you know, we've talked about this. You weren't supposed to do this. And he said, do we, do I trade the gift? The, mm, do you remember what it was? It was, he was, he was, he was talking about, do I, you know, do I kind of trade, um, 
like obedience? Uh, do I right. do I do I do I err on the side of obedience, um, or do I err on, on the side of charity? Like which which one of those is more important? Right. Yeah. And and in the end, his superior was like, you know, you you did right, mm-hmm. and um, kind of blessed what he did. And then the reflection question was, you know, kind of um, me taken to prayer. Are there areas where I need to disobey in one or, or break a, a rule, so to speak, in one area for mm-hmm. something of higher calling mm-hmm. towards God in another area? Mm-hmm. And that's, ooh, that's a that's a spiritual exercise. It is. It is. It's it's tough. It was not an easy breezy. Ooh, let me just do a little some out. Yeah, um, oh. that's that's tough because I, I think that um, not only requires us to maybe. Uh, you know, break like some institutional rules or maybe some rules, you know, um, we've always, you know, we, we, we have those things maybe like that are in place since our childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Things that, things that our parents put in place to kind of protect us, right? Don't, don't, you know, um, the only thing that's coming to mind is like, don't associate with people like on the other side of the tracks, right? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of stuff, right? That, okay, yeah, that, yeah. that it, it's kind of there, you know, maybe your parents' heart is in the right place. Um, but is that really, uh, is that really what God wants for your life? Like, is that really kind of what God wants for you is to, is to kind of be defined by, uh, these rules that, that make you comfortable, right. That keep, that give Mm -hmm. you this, this sense of safety. Um, that's maybe not a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a very worldly sense of safety. It's not necessarily a a spiritual sense um, of safety. Right. 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 And, and, you know, one of the things that, that, um, one of the things that comes to mind for me is this uh, story that I heard uh, about uh, Saint Saint Mother Teresa, mm. um, or Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Um, that she was uh, her 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 religious order. Um, they were uh, I don't remember exactly how it came to be. They were given like this big grant or this big sort of prize from this you know aid organization or something like that, and um, that all that money went towards building uh, building them. Uh, a new facility, right? So, okay. so the sisters could live there and they could kind of operate out of this facility. And it was, it was built right in, um, right in Calcutta in mm-hmm. India, like kind of where they were doing their work. And, um, and so, uh, mother, mother Teresa, I guess, kind of in the development of this project, um, wasn't, wasn't really, it's not that she wasn't paying attention. She just wasn't really engaged with it. She, she was, she was more kind of like, uh, I, I, we need to do the work that we're called to do. Right. right? And then, um, so there's this ribbon cutting and it's real exciting and, and, and awesome. And, and people's hearts are in the right place. She walked into this building and was like, all of this stuff like could be used to serve the poor. And she literally started pulling up the carpet to like, to like, give it away to the poor. I think, uh, I mean, I'll be, I'll be real honest. Like personally, I think that's, um, a little bit like that is so laser focused Mm -hmm. that it's, it's extreme in the sense that most people can't relate to it because I think, I think, I think most of us can kind of take a step back and say, this is going to empower us to do our job better. Yeah. Right. I think mother Teresa's thought was no, the only thing that's really empowering me to do my job is my relationship with God. You know, the only thing that's she really distracted. She at wasn't, all. she wasn't distracted by even by, even by gifts, the world. even by, mm-hmm. even by things that, that people were intending to like, to like help her, you know, uh, reach out. She, she wanted to pass that on, mm. pass those gifts on to, 
the people that that really needed them right yeah. um one like how amazing is that like you're that's just to yeah. me that's just so uh so incredibly holy for lack of a better word yeah. that 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 your focus is um is always and only on on Jesus right always and only on the needs of Christ in the people around you and then two that you don't really you don't really care like what anybody thinks yeah. in this in this moment like it's just kind of the right thing because it's what God is calling you to do right right and but that doesn't mean you're going not, not going to have pushback from the humans exactly. that you're living with yeah and so we're we're you know her her life like had to be um very 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 rightly ordered right she had to have confidence mm. in these different sort of areas of her life that no one like no other relationship no other um, you know, no other award or grant that she was going to be given or, or no one else's feelings even were going to distract her from the mission that God was calling her to. And it wasn't out of a sense of, um, ungratefulness. I mean, I'm sure she, mm -hmm. she, she kind of looked at that, at that circumstance and said, I'm grateful for the opportunity to give this stuff to the poor. Right. Right. Um, but her gratitude, uh, instead of reflecting her own needs, it kind of reflect, it re reflected the needs of of the church, the needs of yeah. Christ, the needs of those poor people, you know, in her, in her she lived, she orbit. lived what she preached, mm -hmm. which was, you know, we belong to each other. Yeah. And yeah. And so we've been mistaken. It. We've been kind of, I think, uh, talking all day, like, how do we, how do we get to that place? Like, how yeah. do we get to that place in our lives where, you know, um, if you're not called to, to, you know, move to, move to India and just kind of uproot your life and, and be this radical, um, sort of change maker in the world. Cause we're not all called to that. Nope but we are all called to know, love and serve God in pretty radical ways. Yeah. And so how do we, how do we find that order? How do we make it so that our lives, um, maybe your, your church life and your family life and your work life. Um, I think those are all three things that we all kind of experience in, mm -hmm. in different ways. Um, and, and, in in similar ways as well. Right. Um, how do, how do we get it so that all of those things, uh, similarly, integrated, uh, are, are more, in, are more integrated and, and then similarly reflect our relationship with God. Mm. Right. So mm -hmm. am I one person when I go to church versus when I go home? Am I another person versus when I go to work? Am I yeah. another person? I can tell you right now in my life, definitely, definitely. Definitely I you're see, one or definitely you're different. I'm, I'm, I'm different. I, I, I see a lot of, um, a lot of differences in my home life, work life, you know, mm -hmm. church life or my one-on-one -on -one prayer life versus my ministry prayer life. Oh, right. I see those, I see those differences and I, and I don't think that they're, I think some of those things are just part of the human experience. Right. Yeah. But I also think that God is calling me to be this best version of myself. And there's one best version mm -hmm. that he, he's calling me to kind of apply to all of those different areas in my life. Okay. Right. Um, and I think that call is the same for, for all of us. And I think it starts, you know, coming back to our conversation in last week's episode, it starts with the truth of mm -hmm. understanding who God is and who we are. Right. And kind of, kind of starting that journey from, from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and knowing that he's calling us to truth, mm -hmm. you know, that makes it difficult. I always think like I, I struggle during like birthday season with wanting to do things with my different groups of friends. Mm -hmm. 
because I don't like having different groups of friends together. Yeah, same. And that feels icky to say because Mm -hmm. I'd like to think that I'm the same person, Mm -hmm. but for some reason I get a little like, oh, very uncomfortable with the thought of this friend on this end of my friend spectrum with this friend who's on the opposite end. Mm -hmm. And what is that going to look like? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's scary. It is. It is scary. I I, I think there's a lot um, that that is a I I, I think that is a a legitimate um, like every human being relates to that. Yeah. Like everyone who is capable, I should say, of any kind of social interaction, I think relates to that. I don't think you get out of um, the the human experience or, or walk away from the human experience not having felt that feeling of, you know, even, I mean, like think about when you're a kid and you first start bringing like friends home, mm-hmm. right? Like, like as a, like a high schooler where it's not like a play date organized by your parents, but you're like, you know, bringing a friend home. And you're like, there's that friend that I really like that's really fun, but, you know, I'm afraid that friend's going to say something around my mm. mom or dad, right? Like, we, yeah. we all kind of experience that um, sort of that's weighing and, and measuring of these different experiences. Yeah. And, and do we want those experiences to, to overlap, right? Well, and I think, yeah, like I see that with um, a way to correct that. Well, I want to say, too, when... You say that you think that that's a collective feeling. I feel like there are some people who do it well, Mm -hmm. like can engage Mm -hmm. all the different friend groups. And I'm amazed by that. Like, I think that that's a special gift because Mm -hmm. again, like I want to be authentic. My desire is to only be me who I am with God, Mm -hmm. with all the people. And yet I still feel scared and awkward about combining my friends. Mm -hmm. When I can put that into practice though, remember one of the, pro tips from way back in the early episode was to invite your priest over for Mm -hmm. dinner. There is nothing like (laughs) making sure your authentic self when you invite the clergy over and you have your kids, they don't know how to not be themselves. Sure. Right. Like the younger ones at least haven't learned that kind of social nuance of acting a certain way or, or, or being on your best behavior. Like Luke mm-hmm. doesn't have a best behavior. It's just, <laughs> it's it just is Luke. what it is. It's, He's it's just, just himself. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I feel like I need to force myself almost to, to have those, um, occasions so that I can almost like keep myself in check. Mm-hmm. Why am I thinking of like uh, weighing yourself daily on the scale? Like the only way that you're going to know that there's any movement in the right direction is if you continue to exercise this thing where you're having um, experiences that kind of challenge your... Nikki, are you really being Nikki? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. is this some uh, show you're putting on? Because I really hate the show. Yeah. Yeah, and the show show is kind of a band-aid, right? It's, Mm -hmm. It's really kind of something to just get us through whatever intimidating or overwhelming circumstance we're feeling right then, right? It's not really, um, it's not really something that we're going to sustain long-term. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think, you know, if there's anything that I've learned kind of from my, um, experience is that, uh, when we, um, when we, when we do that, when we get into that habit of saying, okay, how am I going to survive right now? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we start to kind of live with only that in focus. Um, we kind of forget what it is to be human. 
right? We, we, we kind of forget what it is mm-hmm. to really connect with people, uh, on this, on this deep and, and, and intimate level mm-hmm. in, in vulnerable ways, um, that really establish a connection. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, again, if any, if any of the, uh, if any, if, if there's anything that the, the Brene Browns of the world have taught us is that we really need that connection to, not only understand other people, but to understand ourselves and to understand like, like, you know, how, how we're kind of supposed to, to live and breathe and kind of move in, 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 in Mm -hmm. the world. And when that conversation becomes sort of one direction, like when it's all sort of about hiding or about wearing a mask, um, covering up the ugly. Yeah. Then, then it's, it's weird when we cover up the ugly, like we, we kind of forget about the beauty of the ugly, right? Because we're so busy trying to cover up the ugly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it could be, I have this friend who has modeled for me what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so grateful because it helps me to be, um, to just be more in tune with how God sees me Mm -hmm. or or, or wanting to live out of that truth. Mm -hmm. Right. (sighs) Thank God for friends who can do that. Yeah, I, 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 I do think that there is something special when one of those people, um, comes into your life, when you kind of recognize that in, mm-hmm. in your friend. Um, I also think there's going back to what you said earlier about like, like being like Luke, there's only one version of Luke. It's mm-hmm. an incredibly beautiful thing, Yeah. right? That he is who he is and that he's kind of in this place in his life where he's still, um, I, I think we would call that innocence, right? Yeah. He still kind of has this innocence and that, that, you know, that social nuance or that understanding of, of, um, you know, how you're supposed to be quote unquote, uh, while it's not necessarily a bad thing and like manners aren't a bad thing, right? Do we, oftentimes we, we put so much emphasis on that, um, that it does kind of feel like that becomes our identity a little bit, mm-hmm. right? It, it becomes kind of these, uh, again, like we talked about in the last episode, these fig leaves that we hide behind, right? We're, we're kind of saying like, yeah. you know, this is maybe, you know, eventually Luke's going to get to a point where he still wants to run around and be a kid and be wild and crazy, but he just sits there yeah. and, he's, and he's kind of like, um, you know, like, like disengaged from who he's, he's called to be. And yeah. I, I think we bring that into our adulthood, um, we bring that into, especially our relationships with, with people that we really care about our relationships with that God. That just panged me that whole sentence. I'm sorry. Gai-gai-gai. I'm sorry. And I, and I don't, I don't mean it in the, in the sense that, you know, of Luke, like losing his innocence or like growing no, up, but I, I hear think, what you're saying. Cause we all go through that. We all We've do. All gone through we that. all do. And, and, you know, I, I think, um, you know, thinking about even another conversation that we have when we look at the lives of the saints, we look like, we look at people. Uh, like St. Martin de Porres, we look at Mother Teresa, they found a way to, to get over that hurdle mm-hmm. of like human propriety. Of so, caring so what other people think. Yeah. yeah. Or, or letting that, um, I, I think of that in my kind of goals for this year, as far as being a peacekeeper as a, f- instead of a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that comes into play, like, you know, Mother Teresa in order, I mean, like, did she ever say that she wanted to be a peacekeeper? I don't know. I don't know. But in, in doing what she did, she was bringing peace mm-hmm. and that had to disregard what everybody else was saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good. You built this building. Um, I'm using this for 
these people because they need it more than anybody needs this big old building. Yeah. And I'm there's sure that disappointed people. And there's a, and there's a, um, there, there has to be like, you have to go into that with an understanding that, um, all of that is going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, and that on some level truth in and of itself is uncomfortable. It is, you know, it is, it is, uh, it's uncomfortable, um, for a variety of reasons, but I think, I think for the, for the, I think the main one for all of us is that truth, you know, in, in order to accept the fact that there, even that there is a truth out there, mm-hmm. right? Capital T truth in the person of Christ in this relationship with God, we have to accept that, that we don't know everything. We have to accept that mm-hmm. we don't have the answers that we claim to have. We have to accept that the answers that we do have are probably flawed, mm-hmm. right? There's probably more to this mystery of God or this mystery of the human experience than we're really aware of. Um, I think a lot of us, and, and I've certainly felt this way in my life at different times. Um, a lot of us get to a point where we, it's not just that we stop growing and kind of moving in our, in our understanding or our self-awareness or whatever, but we stop wanting that. Mm. We, we, that, that kind of curiosity that, that drives us effort. as a, as a kid, um, you know, it kind of slows down. I think it takes too much effort. I also think that we realize as we get older that the things that we're learning, the things that we're learning about ourselves, things that we're learning about God, about life, um, God never, he's, he's always kind of asking us to, um, to take a bigger risk with him. Mm. He's always asking us to, to take a bigger step, to, to trust him more to, you know, sure. And that, that like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it has an end, right? I mean, there is an end game. Yeah. Heaven, heaven is the end yeah. game. But I think in our humanity, like we want, we want to get to a place where we're like, oh no, God, I got it. I got it. And we want God to say back, oh, you got it. Great. I'll leave Good you alone. Job. I'll never make you uncomfortable ever again. Mm. Right. And you yeah. know, here's your, here's your, here's the, the mask that you're going to hide behind for the rest of your life Yeah. and enjoy. That's no bueno. It's no bueno. Um, okay. So your, mm. uh, Luke story reminded me of some scripture and I know this is kind of taking a turn in, what we, in what we, uh, plan to talk about. Um, you might've heard me typing while Nikki was talking. I was, uh, I was, that was a very good sound effect. You should thank you. You're like Michael Winslow <laughs> on police Academy. He's a guy that does sound effects. I don't remember that. <sighs> that was great. Did okay. I see police Academy? You remember like the old movie? You have a good memory. Okay. I feel like the NutraSweet has completely shot my memory. Oh. Or maybe I have, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm having some memory loss. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it's not the NutraSweet, maybe it's <laughs> just old age. <laughs> I don't think that's true. What are you like? You're like 30? Exactly. That, that's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm going to read from uh, Matthew's Gospel. Um, so throughout uh, the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Matthew, the disciples are, um, they're obsessed with a couple of different things. One is power, Mm. right. And, and kind of understanding and maybe even, um, being given this power from God and being able to kind of wield that power. Like, Mm. uh, there's different scenes where the disciples want to sit at Jesus's right Right. and left hand. And they want to kind of understand like, like when, when are the end times? They want to know all these things. Um, and Jesus is very, um, he's very elusive, uh, but he's also very clear, like, like mind your business, 
right? He's like, he really is. He's like, you know, like things are going to happen when they happen. That's not your job. Yeah. Right. And, and so, um, I think that's frustrating to the disciples. It's frustrating to me reading sure, it. Because sure. Because they're taking, they're taking big risks they with are. their lives. They so are. It's like, oh, yeah. could you and, be some kind of guarantee? And, and they want the payoff kind of in, on their terms. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, uh, in the scene in Matthew's gospel is kind of one of those scenes. They have, uh, they've been through some different things with Jesus. Jesus is kind of in the middle of his ministry. Uh, and they approach Jesus wanting, um, wanting the truth, but kind of wanting Jesus to kind of affirm them, I think, and wanting oh. Jesus to kind of say like, you know, um, you guys, you guys are good because we're friends and we've got it all figured out. Mm. So, you know, don't, yeah. don't worry. I'm going to do everything in my power to make you comfortable. Ooh. Right. Don't we want that? I would yeah. Think we all want that. Yeah. We all, we all want that. That's how we, we approach God. Um, Jesus, uh, says this. So, so this is, a uh, um, from, uh, Matthew chapter 18. This is verse, verses one through five, uh, kind of the subheading uh, for this chapter. The beginning uh, subheading is the greatest in the kingdom. Okay. If that kind of paints a picture yeah. at that time, the disciples approached Jesus and said, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child over, placed it in their midst, and said, Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's also really tough. It is. It is, because I think you can... I've, I've, my mom references this scripture often and it's usually in a, in a sense of like, um, I feel like she's using it to cover not knowing, um, what's going on mm -hmm. with a situation. Like, sure. I don't need to know. I'm going to see this through childlike eyes mm -hmm. or, or, or be a child in the faith. So I have mixed feelings about the hardness of this. So there's, there's a couple of things here, I think, to know that, um, can kind of put this in a little bit of context and mm -hmm. maybe will allow us to apply a lesson here in okay. our lives that that's a little more, a little more practical. Right. Okay. Um, so first of all, Jesus knows that life is hard. Okay. And we, we can't, um, Jesus is an adult. He has adult, um, concerns and feelings and, uh, anxieties. Okay. Um, when he is in the garden of Gethsemane, mm -hmm. when he's suffering on the cross, when he is, um, driving, you know, the, the money changers out of the temple, when he's doing these different things that require this, like really great emotion. Um, he is not like, la di da di da I'm a child, right? He, like yeah. that's, that is not, uh, the example that he's setting. Okay. okay. So he understands that this, um, this teaching is not about um, kind of being ignorant. It's not about just kind of letting things roll off your back or letting things go. Mm -hmm. It's more about when you're a child, you know that your parents are going to take care of you. Mm. You don't, I mean, if we can relate oh. it to like modern children, okay. modern kids might, they might not know like how their parents make money, right? Like how many, you know, um, you, you go to the store and your, you know, your kids are like throwing things in the grocery cart and they have no idea right? That those things like mm. cost money, right? <laughs> and there eventually comes a time when you have to teach your kids about money, right? right? And, but, but there is a time when they're just like, mom and dad are going to take care of this, they provide, right? And yeah. there's this, there's this trust 
in mom and dad, this trust in their providence to take care of it. That's the kind of trust mm. that, that God wants us to have with him, that Jesus wants us to have with the father wow. all the time, mm. just to know that whatever we're going through, good, bad, otherwise, that, that the father is in charge. And that applies to every aspect of our lives. That feels like that settles everything. It does. Like everything that we've ever talked about that we've been concerned with. Mm -hmm. Apply this. It does. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit, um, or a lot, I should say. Like there's a lot of grace in there and a lot of freedom in that, in that grace. The, The other thing is Jesus is talking about children at a time in the history of the world where children, uh, were completely disregarded. Right. So if we think about um, the time that Jesus is living in, in first century Palestine, like children didn't matter. I mean, grown women didn't even matter. Right. So for him to take a child and to put that child in their midst was revolutionary. Right. Mm -hmm. To say, pay attention to how this person, this child lives their life and Mm -hmm. how they trust in their, in their mother and father or, or how they, they have this kind of simple approach to life. Yeah. Pay attention to that and let that be your guide. His disciples, absolutely. When they approached him and they said, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They wanted him to turn around and say, well, of course you guys, you mm-hmm. guys are my friends and, or at least the Jews, right? Of yeah. course we're the greatest, right? Let's throw a party, whatever. He says, no, the, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven are people that just trust God that just trust God, the father and trust him innately and trust him oh. without, um, without any pretense. Yeah. Right. This child doesn't want anything from Jesus. Right. 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 This child doesn't, you know, I mean, you think about your kids throwing stuff in the grocery basket, but, but your child doesn't want you to necessarily to like, you know, um, they, they don't necessarily have an agenda beyond no, like some gummy bears at the grocery store. For. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the, that's the relationship that the father wants. That's the relationship we had in the garden of Eden, mm, right? Mm-hmm, that's that first mm-hmm. relationship that we had, that God could come out in the garden and walk with us and spend time with us and provide for us. And, and we could just be there in his presence. Yeah. Right. Um, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In order to, I think, really experience um, this sort of holistic um, resignation to the truth, meaning every aspect of our lives is going to kind of re- resign itself to the truth of who God is, takes really, really great humility. Yeah. And humility uh, is something that has to be practiced. Humility is it's kind of like patience, right? So mm-hmm. patience is not, you know... Um, I think I've said it before. Patience is not like, like just being cool with everything all the time. Patience right. is not being cool with everything, but and choosing how to respond, Yeah, choosing to respond in a, in a cool way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Choosing to respond in a, a way that, way. Yeah. that, you know, exudes grace, maybe that, that makes some peace. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Humility is kind of the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, am I, um, am I upset with God that I'm going to pull an example from my own life that I do struggle with? Am I upset with God that this other worship leader got asked to lead this worship event? Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. not me in reality. Like, I think that, I think what God wants for me is just to, to glorify him, mm-hmm. right. To, to be in that, be in his presence and to recognize that, um, worship of God is, is good. <laughs> Right. Regardless of what the event is. Regardless. And, and for me to worship him, there doesn't need to be an event. Mm-hmm. So if I really, if it's really about God, 
Ooh, I can just, that's... I can just worship him, yeah. right? I can just be in his presence. I can just kind of, kind of resign yeah. myself to, to where I am and where he is. And we yeah. can have that worship conversation, right? Um, that's never, I think, going to be anything super easy for me, but it is a choice that I get to make. And that's kind of the definition of humility, humility right? Is, is, exercising, is, that. is yeah. exercising that. And so, um, you know, when we, when we, when we really sort of stop there and like unpack that, um, you know, if we, if we look at St. Martin de Porres, if we look at Mother Teresa, if we look at, um, really any of the saints, you had, you had mentioned another one, uh, early, Saint Catherine of Siena? yeah, St. Catherine of Siena mm-hmm. early, early in the week that, you know, they figured out how to sort of apply those lessons of humility, mm-hmm. those different virtues to all of the dis- different aspects of their life mm-hmm. and to keep those virtues oriented towards God, mm-hmm. right? Um, they, they figured out how to carry that, that unique conversation with God into every avenue, every, everything mm-hmm. that kind of came into their lives. I don't know that in an hour that we're going to get to a place where we can be like, here's how you do that. Right, right. right. But I, I do know that when we, um, we, we've used that word intentional a lot. I do know that when we, uh, are intentionally seeking the truth mm-hmm. when we are intentionally seeking God's time or to make our time, um, kind of focused on God. Yes. When we're intentionally seeking grace in the sacraments, mm-hmm. when we're intentionally, um, you know, in seeking, uh, we're, we're intentionally seeking counsel from mm-hmm. other people or, or, um, intentionally trying to make the right decision when we're putting ourselves in the best position for that kind of success, like, it's a lot more likely that we're going to be successful. Yeah. And okay. I think we talk about him pursuing us when we actively pursue him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he rewards that, mm-hmm. you know, with, with his, um, I don't know, I guess like the veil being removed and sure. us being closer to him mm-hmm. when we are in active pursuit of him. Mm-hmm. And, I, and well. I think, I think active pursuit of him requires surrender. Right. It, it, uh, re- re- yeah. it requires us to kind of turn around and say, God, do what you want to do. And when we do that, um, when, when, when we're not hiding again, when we're not wearing those fig leaves and we're not hiding these different parts of us, maybe that we're uncomfortable with sharing with God, then God can work in those areas. Mm-hmm. God can, he wants to, God can, can heal those wounds. He can, he can, you know, he can, I don't want to say fix us, but he can, kind of draw out of us that best version of ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And, and really kind of send us down those paths where he, yeah. he wants us to go. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I was talking with, um, I was talking with Christine, uh, earlier today and she shared with me something that, uh, another mutual friend, Peter Bisson shared with her. And I think it was just so, um, First of all, the fact that Christine could remember it was really cool. Um, second of all, the just the, you know, the the, the wisdom here. Mm-hmm. Um, and our our friend Peter, he's like he's a holy guy. He's one of those people yeah. that you're like, man, that dude. He knows he knows God. That dude knows things, wow. right? Um, yeah. So if you know Peter, if Peter, if you're listening, howdy. Um, <laughs> uh, but if you if you have someone like that in your life, um, you know, take some notes. That's that's a that's yeah. a really good place to start. But he said. Um, your relationship with God, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but your relationship with God uh, is kind of like your relationship with your spouse or your significant other, right? Um, in that it it really takes intention, it mm-hmm. really takes time, it takes patience, it takes um, an understanding that, that you're not always going to be right, 
that mm. you don't have all the answers that you need help, right? It takes mm. kind of all these similar things. And so his question then became, um, would you, in order to have a great relationship with your spouse, if you want a great relationship with your spouse, would you limit yourself to just spending one hour with your spouse on Sunday? Right. Would you limit yourself to just, well, you know, I'm going to talk to you for five minutes in the morning or for mm-hmm. five minutes before I go to bed. Right. I mean, that's not going to be fruitful. no, no relationship would survive that. Yeah. Right. And so why would you do that? Why would you do that with God? Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Um, in your, uh, in your relationship with him and, and, and then expect for that relationship mm-hmm. to work. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that to make anybody feel guilty or to say like shoulda woulda coulda, but I, I think like I think now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But I do think I do think that the proof is there that when, when we, um, you know, one of the one of my some of my best memories growing up are like, you know, summertime in middle school and high school and knowing that there's, like a best friend, that I'm gonna wake up and call that day, and we're gonna spend four or five hours together playing baseball or football or like running around in the woods or whatever. And then the next day, the same thing's going to happen. Right. And knowing that there is this really intentional, playful sort of childlike time Mm -hmm. that we're going to spend. And then by the end of the summer, it's like your best friends, right? That kind of stuff, you know, I think when we're, when we're younger, when we're not thinking about it, when we're not putting, a lot of, um, limitations mm. on it. That stuff happens pretty organically. Yeah. Like it just, it just kind of, Easily, boom, it happens. It you know, is, I've yeah. got a best friend. I think as we get older, um, I do. And even with people, I, I think we have to be more intentional, right? I, yeah. I think we get distracted and we get kind of into our own groove and, and we've got to be willing to accept someone else's groove kind of, yeah. you know, running parallel to ours. It's the same with our relationship with God. We, we have to, really give him, uh, that space in our lives. Um, yeah. father Mike Schmitz, um, was listening to the Bible in a year podcast mm-hmm. and he talked about, um, I don't remember what episode it was, but he talked about giving God your first fruits mm, yeah. and your, your first fruits don't necessarily mean like when you wake up in the morning, you give him your first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It means that maybe the first thing, and this, this I thought was a really interesting perspective, maybe the first thing that you, that you put in your planner, the first thing that you put in your, you know, in, your, in, your, phone, in, your, in your Google calendar is that time that you're going to spend with God. Yeah. So right? it doesn't need to be the first thing when you wake up, but you need to make that chunk, mm-hmm. reserve it mm-hmm. before, before anything else, anything else so that it, it doesn't get, um, you don't end up at the end of the day where it's full and you don't have time to put it in. Exactly. And I, and I think like the, like the disciples here, I think a lot of us approach God with these questions. Mm. We, we approach God wanting a specific answer or, or more stuck in a particular dilemma. Right. And, and we, we want to, you know, we want to kind of work out these answers with him and God has a, maybe a more complicated answer than we're, hmm. than we're hoping for, or, or maybe an answer that we're not really ready for at all. Mm. And I think, um, in order for us to really unpack that and in order for us to, to, to really live in kind of this synchronous, um, like in step with God, we have to put in that time. We do. And we, and we We have to, we we have to make that time, um, an essential part of every aspect of our lives. So if you're, you know, this sounds weird, but like, 
if your if your routine is to you know to to you wake up and every morning at let, let's say ten o'clock I I have my prayer time with God right whatever it might be um, when you go on vacation it still happens it still happens yeah. right when you're sick it still happens yeah. when you're you know um, and nobody's perfect I'm not we're not asking anybody to be perfect but I do think that there's a there's a, a real nobility and a real um, a real trust in mm-hmm. God when you make that time and make that effort your first priority. Yeah. Like that's that's the definition there of of trust. Mm-hmm. There are a few things that uh, come to mind. Um, I learned a little bit more about St. Catherine of Siena this past week at our Mondays with the Mystics. And one of the things that stood out is um, she called God a mad lover. Wow. And I just love the idea of that because when when you talk about putting your time with God in your planner. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about being so madly in love with someone that you, your every thought mm-hmm. is is consumed by them. Mm-hmm. And that's how she felt about God. And that's how she believed God felt about her yeah. and about us. Yeah. And so for her, it became a thing where um, she never worried about her, her work taking time away from her prayer life because she treated her work as prayer Mm -hmm. and, and vice versa. Right. So she prayed, Oh, I don't even, I'm losing my train of thought. I do this often. It's okay. But, um, yeah, leaning into God, Mm -hmm. leaning into, into that, that, um, mad lover since I, I, um, one of the things that stood out in learning about her was that um, she was the 24th of 25 children wow. of her parents. So, wow. yeah. And and because of that, um, she wasn't given priority to be educated, mm-hmm. right? First sure. it was the boys and then it was the older siblings. And so she didn't know how to read or write. Mm-hmm. So early on, when she was learning all these things about God and doing writings, she was dictating to someone who knew how to sure, read and write. Sure. And she spent a lot of time, um, kind of like in, in, um, almost lived a monastic life, like lived in solitary within her family home, but like didn't eat dinner with the family, didn't oh, do wow. any of that where she was just in tune with God mm-hmm. and then experienced this spiritual marriage with God. Mm-hmm. And that kind of was like a turning point for her when she resumed life and community. Mm-hmm. And then she spontaneously knew how to read and write Wow! after that. So I, I feel like that's a testament to when we make ourselves one with God mm-hmm. and, and really, um, dedicate time with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Almost like enmeshed, you know, like yeah. not, not necessarily just time set aside to pray, but making your every action, you know, sure. you're making dinner and doing the dishes and running errands and making that a prayer mm-hmm. that he, he, he works miracles mm-hmm. where that, um, is taking place. There's a, there's a, that brings to mind, um, this acronym that I love, uh, that we use for our, our peer leadership teens and that's, um, rim so so like the rim of a a volcano is Mm -hmm. what i always kind of think of um but but that's your the r stands for relationships the i for identity and the m for mission right and so your relationships determine your identity which determines your mission Mm, if we think about if we think about the lives of the saints we think about that process uh, of saint catherine of siena that you just shared with us 
of kind of, you know, she's building up this relationship with God. She's, mm-hmm. she's kind of forming this thing or allowing God, uh, alongside God, with God, kind of working to form this relationship um, that is the foundation for everything else in her life, mm-hmm. right? And she kind of looks around and she says, this relationship I have with God is going to affect my family life. Yeah. And, it, and it has room in my family yeah. life. I'm willing to sacrifice, you know, maybe not even sacrifice, but I'm willing to invite God in to my family life so profoundly mm-hmm. that I'm going to, I'm going to spend, you know, my time with him while I'm here in my family yeah. home. Right. Um, and that, that, that relationship becomes such a, um, such a profound part of who she is that she looks around and she's like, I'm different. Yeah. I'm, I'm different than yeah. when I started. I, I have, um, you know, maybe when I started this relationship, I thought I knew who I was and there's pieces of that there. But God has revealed so much more about mm-hmm. my identity, um, uh, and and that's given me this this goal to go and evangelize. It's given me this yeah. goal to to be sent forth and to do these incredible things in the name of God. Right? Um, I always think about Mary at the Annunciation, mm. and how when she she hears that message of the angel the first time, she has this very unique and beautiful relationship with God. Um, what we know kind of about her. Uh, her life and her lifestyle, just just by kind of what we can unpack from that mm-hmm. from that uh, scripture, um, we know that she had al- already um, kind of dedicated her life to God in this really unique way. We know that she's she's you know she's called full of grace by this angel. She's called yeah. full of grace before the Holy Spirit shows up to 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 in, to in, to incarnate Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So. So she's doing something right yeah. in this relationship with God. And that relationship like reveals this identity of the mother of the of the mother of God. Like mm-hmm. she's going to to be the mother of God at this unique time in history. She's going to be the the mother of the savior of the world. And then Mary just so beautifully accepts her mission, like let it be done to me according to thy word. And she's just kind of sent forth on this I mean, like literally her yes changes everything for not just for her, but for you and for me and, 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 and even in a, like a really special way, like for her son, right? Like how amazing is that, that God is going to work through that very simple Hmm. prayer. Let it be done to me according to thy word, um, in such a radical way. We really, really get caught up. I think a lot on, um, you know, in that, in that, that misstep of letting God, you know, is, is, do we allow God to, to kind of have his vision and have his plan further down the road? He can see further than we can down the road. Right. And we see that, we see that first bend in the road and we, we immediately, I do this. I immediately think there's like something terrible around (laughs) that bend. There's like a, you know, a a monster or, uh, you know, another snow apocalypse or, or, you know, going bankrupt or someone, you know, uh, a a friend leaving my life. Like there's some kind of terrible thing around that corner. I just know it. And God's like, seriously, like we haven't even got like, like (laughs) we haven't even taken a step. You know what I mean? Like, like calm down, calm down, calm down. And, and I know what's, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make any plans to hurt you. Another thing yeah. that scripture says, like, I'm going to, I'm going to make you prosper. Yeah. And, and it really kind of takes again, that, um, that willingness to kind of surrender to God in, in, a, in more than just one area in our lives, mm-hmm. in our, in our whole person. 
Um, God needs that, needs that surrender, wants that surrender, desires Mm -hmm. to work in our lives in that, in that radical way. Yeah. I love the idea too, that he is, um, timeless in the sense that no matter what ridiculousness happens in our lives, that he's never surprised, like he, he sees it all Mm -hmm. and, um, and he's sovereign and we, we, we still have, we, we still have all of his love and, I don't know. Like the scary turns don't seem scary when I think of how he sees mm-hmm. me and sure. things. Sure. And it, and it really is, um, I think a beautiful thing to, the, the, the scary turns and the fact that he wants us to trust him in those scary turns in and of themselves, they say something about God. They were, they kind of reveal, uh, not kind of, they really reveal God's glory. They really reveal God's power. Um, because life is scary. Life, life is not, mm-hmm. well, there's nothing guaranteed about life. It's not, um, it's, unpredictable. it's not necessarily mm-hmm. like a safe place, right? The right. world, the world isn't safe. Our relationships aren't safe. Like things can happen. Right. Things do happen. They happen often to all of us. Yeah. And so the fact that our God would even go there and say, you know, Nikki, you trust me? James, you trust me? Like the fact that our God would even go there and say that, I think says a lot about the fact that he knows what's up. Yeah. That asking that question, him knowing what's up, seems like something real scary is about to happen. It does. I just need to buckle up. It does. Buckle up. Hold on. And, and, and and sometimes that's what, that's what God has for us is, you know, but overwhelmingly, like, like the answer is the same. Like, like, do you have to, Nick, you have to trust me, you know? Um, and there's, there's again, that sense of, you know, coming back to that sense of childlike wonder, back to that place of knowing that God is, is our loving father. That's going to Mm -hmm. be that loving father. He's, 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 he's not gonna, he's not gonna fail in that role. Because I think that when I'm thinking, uh, the, the uncomfort, the discomfort of, any circumstance has to do with my humanity and, mm-hmm. and, and other people, mm-hmm. but there's still comfort in, in my place in his world. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if we ever settled on one topic for this episode, <laughs> um, but it feels Why like do we need to pin it down. No, we don't. It, it feels like, uh, I think our conversation today really kind of resonated, um, with this idea of, of one of, of truth mm-hmm. and of, of, you know, uh, again, kind of like we talked about last week, the, the messages that we send and receive and, and, and what really do we believe, right? Mm-hmm. Like what is the truth? Um, but I, I hope that today made, uh, a dent maybe in the mystery or kind of in the fogginess that is, um, allowing God to, to, be the boss of us. Yeah. To be the boss of us, allowing God to take part in these different areas of our lives, maybe where we, where we feel some disparity. Mm. Right. So like, are we, are we the same person around, you know, two groups of friends or, or are we the same person around our family as we are, you know, um, our, you know, folks at work or something like that. And, and I'm not saying that your relationships all have to be the same. I am saying that maybe, you know, when you, when you make decisions at work, do you bring those decisions to God? When you make decisions in your family, do you bring those mm. decisions to God? Like those kind of That's things, good. you know, are we allowing God into those spaces? Mm. Um, it's really hard and it it's, is. and it's something that I think, 
the kind of the, again, the human experience is kind of built around that. Um, but I, but I do think it's an invitation. Um, God is inviting you to let him make your life. I don't know if easier is the right word, but to make your life more, um, to, 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 to let him give you freedom in, every aspect of your life, especially in those places where you might not even know it, but you're not living in freedom. Yeah. Right. You're like Andy Dufresne. Remember? Mm -hmm. Talk about that last week. Yeah, we did. Andy Dufresne. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what, oh gosh, what you just said, um, you know, it's bad. Like when my, we've the whole quarantine thing, right? So I haven't seen friends and stuff. And my friend came over the other day Mm -hmm. to visit And I was super happy to see her because I hadn't seen her in so long. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, my kids are like, why are you so nice to her and you're not nice to us? Hmm. I would like to be the same Nikki all the way around and be and have my kids see me as nice Nikki and not, oh, you're just nice to your friends and you're mean to us. Um, I might have even turned the table and made it on them. Well, my friend doesn't disobey me and my friend, you know, why'd I go there? I mean, you know, I think that, okay, first of all, that could have been manipulative by my kids. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a little manipulation going on. There's a little, they're they're, they're tapping in, they're tapping into a little mom guilt there. Okay. Um, But I think, I think second of all, like if that's something that you're really worried about, like, I think that's a really good opportunity to kind of examine your yourself, your feelings, your behavior. Like, how do I feel around this friend? Mm. Right. And as deep or as shallow as that relationship goes, like, what is, what is it about that relationship that makes me feel like, like, like that, right. That makes Mm -hmm. me kind of respond in that way. And then do an examination of the other relationships with your kids. What are the things here that are maybe like not conducive to, my peace, not conducive to happiness, not conducive to me, like keeping my focus on Jesus in the sense of being a distraction. Right. Mm. And, and like take lessons from one set of relationships and the other and kind of apply them to the, to the other. Right. Mm -hmm. So take a, take the lessons from your kids and apply them to that other relationship, the lessons from that other relationship, Mm -hmm. apply them to your kids. Because I think, I think, you know, God is not going to come in and just make you the, the, a happy, nice person. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make us like robots, right? Yeah. Um, he knows that you're still going to get angry about things. He knows that your kids are still going to get on your nerves. He knows that you're, you're, you're not always going to have it all figured out in any relationship, let alone your relationships with the people that you're around right now, 24 seven. Yeah. Right. Um, Seriously. and so, so letting him into that is inherently more complicated than letting him into a relationship with someone that you haven't seen in a year. The fact is your kids have, you know, at different times done things that you're unhappy with, hurt you in different ways. Right. And it's the same with all families. Like we, we wound each other, Mm -hmm. um, way more recently than that friend. Right. Also, if that friend wounded you, right, because they're not family, you might not be friends with them anymore. Whereas with your kids, with your kids, it's like, it doesn't work. It it doesn't work that way. And it's your, your responsibility as a parent to, you know, to prune and to kind of, to kind of get yourself and to get your kids, you know, over and past things that I think with a lot of, 
friendships we wouldn't we just wouldn't stand for yeah you know um so yeah you're being manipulated by your kids uh and and i think that's you know every parent's um joy and also every parent's burden a little bit is that their kids are one of my dad's friends um when i was in high school he had a son about my same age maybe a couple years younger than me and um i remember him telling my dad he was helping us uh like like build a deck or something in our backyard and he said uh they were talking about his son and some different things his son was going through and i was like you know helping build and stuff i'm kind of carrying lumber and stuff like that and i was probably like 16 or 17 years old and um he said um you know how i know when a teenager is lying my dad was like no and this guy was really funny so uh-huh. we were kind of preparing for a funny you yeah know, um, you're thinking a joke's line. coming. Yeah. And he goes, when their lips are moving. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that about teenagers. Oh my gosh. I'm not. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not like echoing that sentiment necessarily, but I do think that there's, there's at least a grain of truth in there yeah. in that, you know, parents are, parents got to be tough. Yeah. Parent, parenthood is not easy. And, you know, um, your, your, relationships with your kids and your relationships with your, our relationships with spouses and significant others and best friends and all that kind of stuff. You know, my, my spiritual director says there is no way it's impossible for everything to be one person's fault. Mm-hmm. He said, and it's even impossible really for you to discern all the stuff that's your fault. Like it's not mm-hmm. even 90, 10, like everybody is at fault all the time. Ouch. And that's, but it's not, it's not something that's meant to be an ouch thing. It's something that's meant to be, okay, let's stop looking at it as, okay, as like fault or no fault. Who's got the blame? Let's accept responsibility for the stuff that we can control. And when Mm -hmm. we start to control that, and when we start to let God into those situations in these really profound ways, things will get better. Mm -hmm. Right. Because God is, is that powerful. He's Mm -hmm. that graceful. He, he works through us in that way. You know, now there's going to, again, going to have to be some intention, right? Yeah. Am I consciously like, I'm really frustrated with so-and-so, but I'm going to choose to be patient or I'm going to choose to be humble or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I think coming back to what we're talking about, kind of living out of that truth is making that choice, is making that choice of, of yeah. letting God be who he is, be who he is in that moment, recognizing God, I am, I am really, really, really tired of my kids you know, whining, or I'm really, really tired of, you know, this friend taking advantage of me or whatever and letting him kind of direct you. And that direction might be hard, but it's God's direction. And there's just so much relief and freedom that comes, that comes with that. Yeah. Leaning into him. Mm -hmm. Feel safe. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know that was a vulnerable thing. I really appreciate it. Mm. I think you're a great mom. Thank you. I don't know what your kids are complaining about. They're awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ragamuffins, for listening. Uh, We are about out of time. Uh, Once again, we're going to skip tips for this week. I shouldn't even really say that um, because you probably forgot. We edit that out. We'll edit that out. Um, (laughs) The real edit or the not not real edit. This is kind of funny, so we won't do that. But we do want you to know that, uh, all of this stuff that we're talking about, um, once again, like we're, we're in the same boat with you. We're kind of struggling with this stuff and, and, and just kind of picking it up a, a piece at a time. And, uh, that's, that's kind of the beauty of this relationship with God is that we get to, 
kind of experience him uh, in these in these you know these big ways like in the sacraments and in these different relationships that we have and in our prayer life, but also in these small ways of kind mm-hmm. of figuring out oh, you know God wants me to take this next step right mm-hmm. God wants me to um, you know maybe to bring him to my you know my my friend group or to bring him into my yeah. workplace or whatever um, in a in a big way, in a small way, you know, whatever, whatever way you're kind of, kind of comfortable with. Right. And, um, and that's not easy, but it is really beautiful Mm -hmm. and it is definitely worth it to, to, uh, to invest in that relationship in that way. So, uh, so maybe that's our tip is to, to, to find a, to find a way to invest, to find a new place to Mm -hmm. invite God in your life, Mm -hmm. um, and allow him to kind of shine some light in that place. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just kind of sit back and and watch him do his thing. Watch him do his thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we love you, and we're praying for you, and we think yes, you're awesome. And uh, oh, uh, we got our first email. Oh my gosh, we got, we our, got first our first email. email. Uh, it was from uh, one of my teens. His name is Daniel. He's awesome. His family is awesome. So Daniel, if you're listening, thank you so much. That was our very first email That's that anyone so has ever sent us. So you can email us at late to church podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we might mention your name. Like we mentioned Daniel's name. Uh, I hope you're listening and, uh, thank you so much for, for reaching out. Um, we love you guys. We love you, ragamuffins. And we will see you next time. Peace. Peace. to Church Podcast is an AMET Creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Our theme music is Candle in the Shadows by The Poor Kings. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast and let us know your questions, comments, and thoughts by contacting Late to Church Podcast at gmail.com. Your insights might even be featured on the show. Just a little reminder, you are good. You are worthy. You are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace.